Okay. So tonight we're going to learn a fascinating, fascinating piece about the Vilna Gain, a story. Um, I don't know if it's true. That's the only thing. We'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll try to check out some of the veracity of the story and the sources. Something about it doesn't convince me that it's true. I know that's not the best way to start off a shear, but um, it's in a very reliable safer, and I think it's famous, but you'll, you'll test it yourself. You'll see yourself what you think. Let's learn it together. Meshe was told by Hashem, lift up your mata. This is right before Kriyas Yamsev. Lift up your staff and, uh, and, and point your hand, stretch out your hand to the sea and split it. And then Klai Yisrael walked through the split sea on the dry land. Now look at this story. Maisa that happened with the gra. When the Russian government turned to the German government, so Germany was known as the source for scientific knowledge and for all sorts of wisdom. Germany was... Uh, we know, right, that was, that's the irony about Germany. As, as uh, advanced as they were and as uh, sophisticated as they were and as, as much culture as they prided themselves on, and they were the leaders in poetry and in music and in art and in science and in, in all fields, they were number one. Uh, and yet, look what happened. They became barbarians. It didn't, really, it didn't do much for them. All the etiquette and all of the niceties and all of the fineness was just a uh, superficial act. But this was their reputation already going back to the time of the Gras. The Gras lived in the, uh, in the, um, you know, in the 1700s. And, um, and Germany was even back then known as this great uh, superpower in terms of wisdom, science, and the reason why the Russian government looked to them for guidance was because they found in some sort of house in Russia, some, some, some house in Russia, some estate in Russia, there was a, a stone, a jewel, and it was a very unusual jewel. It had very unusual properties. It was doing really interesting stuff, this stone. And the Russians, they wanted to find out what it was, but they didn't have the labs, they didn't have the scientists, they didn't have the knowledge to understand what to make of the stone. What's the chemistry behind it? What's, the, you know, what, what's going on? So after the Russian scientists, they uh, struck out, they had no clue what gave this special, unique stone, it's, uh, it's, you know, what, what properties it had that made it so unusual, it's so unique. So then, with no choice, they uh, sought guidance from their colleagues in Germany. To search out the solution to this stone. They, they, they just needed to, un, to unlock the mystery of this jewel. 
But that didn't help. The scientists in Germany also were clueless. They did not know what it was all about. And they were about to return the stone to Russia. Now, okay, the famous Moses Mendelssohn, who started the Reform Movement, we do not uh, hold him in, in, in a high regard whatsoever. He's, you know, whatever his personal um, observance of Teremitsus were, which is debatable, but he created a terrible, terrible devastation in Klai Yisrael by being the, uh, the face of the reform movement. And uh, uh, just before we go weiter, I'll just tell you a quick story. Uh, Moses Mendelssohn wrote a commentary on Chumash called the Beer. And um, it's, it's a commentary. So uh, a friend of mine, his father was a grandson of the Chavetz Chaim, a roommate of mine, his father is a grandson of the Chavetz Chaim. Not too many people know this story, unless you heard me tell it, uh, or him tell it. But um, So the Chavetz Chaim's grandson was Yeshiva Bacher, and he wanted to see you know, what was this commentary all about. You know, we know a lot of bad stuff about Mendelssohn, but I wanted, was he a Tamil Chacham? Did he have a good grasp of Chumash? What was, what was his commentary? You know, maybe it would be interesting. If you're into Torah commentaries... You know, it would, it would be probably a fascinating thing to go through the beer and see how he explains different... So he brought one home. He took one out of the library or something. He brought it home in his house, and he lived with his mother. His mother was a daughter of the Chavetz Chaim. And he was learning it, and then, you know, he knew he didn't want his mother to find this. She'd be very upset with him. So she... So he basically, after he was done with it, and he wanted to go to sleep for the night... He got up on like a, a ladder and he put it behind Svarim on a Svarim shrunk. And the next morning, his mother wakes up and she's all fatumult. She's all like in a, in a, you know, she's like, she doesn't, she, she's beside herself. She doesn't, she's going crazy a little bit. So her son asked her, Mama, what's wrong? She said, I had a terrible dream last night. And the Tata, meaning the Chavetz Chaim, uh, was in the apartment here, and he in America. They lived in America, and he was uh, he he took like a, a ladder, and he was looking all over. He says, "Where is that? Where is it?" And he was like looking frantically for something behind this farm shrunk, and I don't know what it was. I don't know what he's so upset about, and that was my dream. And uh, you could rest assured that you know he right away got rid of it and he got it out of his house. But that was uh, that was a story that happened and. My father, Olav Shalom, happened to, he has an extensive, you know, he had an extensive uh, collection of sarim, and, uh, and he, had a, he had an old beer. And after I told him this story, he, he basically, you know, got rid of it. He threw it out. Um, and it's really valuable. He could probably sell it, but he didn't want anything to do with it. He just got rid of it. Like an old, like, five-volume set of the beer and uh, in good condition, but he did not want anything to do with it. Anyway, so they turned to Moses Mendelssohn, these uh, German um, scientists. Maybe, you know, he, he had Talmudical knowledge. Maybe he could solve this mystery. He also, you know, punted. He didn't know what to do. But Mendelssohn Ashkenaz, one thing he did do is he advised the German government 
now that you're returning the stone back to Russia before you so Yamlitsu Shifnulavilna, it's a good idea to first go make a trip to Vilna and Tama Yikra why would it why would they go outside of their you know outside of their country to find the secret to this? Meaning, if in the city of Vilna itself there's a Chacham Gadol, meaning they were basically assured that if there's somebody in the world that could figure out you know, this secret of this stone, it would be the Vilna Gain. So before you send it back to Russia, you know, there's no need going to Vilna and, and, and go to the Vilna Gain and he's going to solve this problem, no doubt. Memshelas Russia Asakain. So they did this, right? So the Germans, I guess, gave it back to Russia and the Russians were advised to go to the Vilna Gain. The Shalcha Ha'evan Lagra. So at first glance, he looked at it, he didn't have a, an explanation. And he went back to his learning. He wasn't interested in wasting time from learning. We know the Vilna Gain, uh, basically at the end of the year, he made a cheshman of how many moments of Bittal Tire it was. It was like maybe a few minutes. Like it came out nothing for a whole year. And the Velt says that, the, that even those few minutes is because he like was walking through like a place that you're not allowed to learn, like Mavuas Matunafes, and he maybe made a cheshman. He could have walked a little quicker, but there's no there was no pital tire by the gra. The guy was li- literally learning day and night. That was that was it. So he went back to learn. He wasn't interested in, in dealing with science, although he did know science. We've spoken about that, I think, in the past. There was if you look in the Hakdama to the um, it's a Rabbi Yisrael Mishklov Sefer. Um, I forgot the name of it right now. But Pas um, the Pas HaSholchan. So in the Hakdama there, it speaks about how the guy made a siyam on, on Kalatar Kula, but not just Kalatar Kula. He also made a siyam on all the Sheva Chachmas. And so he knew he was a bucky in math and in science and in music and uh, and engineering and and you know everything. He knew everything. There was a few things he didn't learn. His father said he shouldn't learn medicine because then he would have a chiv to uh, save people's lives and he, that would take away from his gemara. He didn't like philosophy. He said that it was all shtusim. There was maybe one thing that was helpful. The study of music, he was able, he said that if you're able to understand the, the, the brilliance behind music, we just enjoy music, we don't understand that there's a whole chachma to music, unless you're a music you know, expert and a major in music or whatever. So he said that in order to understand, the, if you understand music properly, you'd be able to unlock the secrets of the shiras, the shir of the Levium in the Beis HaMikdash, and, uh, you know, there's so much depth to every note and every tune and every... And he was a bucky and everything. So he definitely... And he even wrote a sefer, they say, on, on algebra, trigonometry, called Ayel Mishulosh, which they say that he wrote in the Beis HaKisei. So that's... Uh, these are all... But I don't know if it's true or not, but they don't say it about me. That's for sure. Um, so... 
Maybe they say it about you, but they don't say it about me. So there, the the Gain, um was, uh, they say there is a Kramer's, what is it called? The Kramer's thesis or something like that. And his last name was Kramer. But so people say that that's him, but it's not, I think it's not him. It's not him. Okay. So, so um, what's it called? Kramer's what? Kramer's something. I forgot. Something. Something like that. Yeah, it could be. So, all right. So now, he went back to his learning. He didn't pay attention to that stone. The stone wasn't like, you know, like luring him away from his Gemara. This is how the story goes. In Shemayim, they wanted that the whole world should acknowledge the greatness of the Gain. In the middle of his learning, there was a little young child that walked into his room, and he was playing with a stone, and there was a, a cup of water on the table of the Gain. You're enjoying this too much. You're getting hana from it. You, on the, guy, on the Rebbe's yard site. Yeah. Don't, don't target me in my face. I'm a face you. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he, uh, and he, um, he threw it into this cup of water on the table. When the guy stopped his learning, now he looks at the stone. He didn't find it in its place. Now this is the government stone. This is like a. This is going to be like a, a state. Uh, you know, a crisis, an international crisis is going to come out if he can't return the stone. Is this a small, not inconsequential matter? And then he sees that the stone is inside of a cup of water. And the water inside of this cup where the stone was thrown split. It split in half, split in two, and like a wall. One part was against one side of the cup. And the other side was against the other side. So now he remembered in the name of the Yerushalmi that there is a stone called Samperinon, which is quite, it's not uncommon to find that throughout Chazal. And it has this ability to split it into two. Okay? Um, we'll get to the footnote in a second. The guy took this stone, returned it to the Government. This is the stone. The name of the stone is Samperinon. It has the teva to split the waters. Okay, now let's just quickly see this footnote. That happens to be a reliable work. That was the work that Arts Girl translated in their biography of the Vilna Gain. I have it up in my office. So, they have the following nusach of this story. So before they returned the stone, so um, so he advised 
Mendelssohn to go to the guy to the Grosh, like we said, he knew all seven wisdoms. Uh, and he told them that the stone was called Samperinun, it has the ability to split water into its various um, molecules, into its, uh, the, the um, you know, it could break up like the, uh, the molecule of, uh, of water gets split um, into its elements by this by the stone in a chemical way. And that, that way, they saw right away the brilliance of the garden. They didn't have all this other stuff with a kid throwing the rock into the water. Immediately he answered them. He didn't have to wait and ignore the rock and then have that kid play with it. Instead of just splitting the water just down the middle, it actually divided somehow the elements of the water. We don't know how he knew this. Meaning, they both were coming from this same country called Safabayam. So we don't know exactly how he had a little bit of a different girsa. Anyway, but that's, uh, let's go back to the, uh, to the top. So now Mendelssohn comes back into the picture. He hears this vart of the guy, and then it's San Perino, which has the ability to split water. Instead of knocking the guy, he gave him more honor. And immediately... Immediately, he started spouting his own kfira. His, his, we know that he was a kaifer Mendelssohn, and he, he was saying his, his anti-Tyra um, theory based on what the guy said. And he wanted, he wrote a letter to the guy based on what he heard the guy say, and he wanted to undermine the nais, the miracle of Kriyas Yamsev in this week's parsha. Bitaina, and this is what he tainit. Shemateu shalmeisha sampirinayo kedivrei chazal. Chazal tell us that the the staff of Meisha was made of this jewel called sanpirinun. Vusha bakayam ba'efen tivi v'loy ba'efen nisi. And this stone divided the uh, the yam, but maybe it wasn't such a miraculous thing. Maybe it was more of a natural thing. Maybe wasn't not a big deal. He basically undermined the whole nation by saying, oh, very good, I'll put two plus two together. If the staff of Meishra is made of Samparinon, and you're telling me the Yushalmi says that this jewel called Samparinon has the ability to split water, so he put, so, the, and the, so Hashem said, you know, use the stick to split the sea, and boom, the sea, but that's not, that's not Hashem's doing. That's, that's science, that's nature. So this is what he came up with. When the matter came before the Gra, he sent in return the following. 
If you look in the Pasuk that we started with tonight, it says, Harem esmatcha, lift up your stick. Harem klemer salkumen atzad, meaning, doesn't mean like, harem does not always mean to point your stick or to, to use your stick, but it means, harem means like, um, to remove it to the side, like sort of like harem means rid, rid yourself of the stick, like, like point it in a, in a, away from the sea. Harem esmatcha. It's like separate yourself from this Eida by the Meraglim. I'm sorry, by Parashas Kairach, by the Chevra of Kairach. Sheperusha Hibadlu means separate, meaning move your stick away. And now take your hand and have your hand go in the direction of the sea and split it. Take your hand, and not the stick. That's It's not that the stick was not involved at all in doing the Kriyas Yamsuf, but it was Meshur Rabbeinu's hand, and not this. The means separate, move your stick away, because that no Apikara should ever think that there was a science behind Kriyas Yamsuf, but rather they should all know for all time that it was Hakarish Baruch Hu, um, using the hand of Meshur Rabbeinu to split the sea.